and welcome to the Giving Back to Gwinnett podcast. Each episode, we tackle community issues, tell stories that matter, and show how you can make a difference. Presented by the Gwinnett Coalition and the Community Foundation for Northeast Georgia, Giving Back to Gwinnett showcases the nonprofits and people making an impact here in Gwinnett. I'm Heather Loveridge, founder of Magnolia Media Group and chief storyteller for the Community Foundation, and I'm your host. I'm joined today by Randy Redner, CEO and President of the Community Foundation for Northeast Georgia, Renee Bird-Lewis, Executive Director of the Gwinnett Coalition for Health and Human Services, and Paige Haven, who oversees marketing and community relations for Gwinnett Cares. Today, we wanted to share our vision for the podcast, since this is a new venture, introduce the Gwinnett Coalition and the Community Foundation, and talk about some of the issues facing our community and how you'll hear about them in future episodes. So welcome, everyone, and thanks for being with us today. Um, I'm going to turn it over and let Randy introduce himself, and then we'll toss it over to Renee and Paige to introduce themselves as well. So, Randy, tell us who you are. Who I am. Yes. Thank you, Heather. Appreciate it. So, yep, Randy Redner, CEO of the Community Foundation. Been there, believe it or not, Heather, six years now. So I did a 20-year corporate career and finishing up on a 20-year nonprofit career. So stops at Habitat, the American Cancer Society, uh, United Methodist Children's Home, and then here to the Community Foundation. Do some good good work in my own community. Been great. Yes, that's awesome. All right, Renee, tossing it over to you. Yeah. Good afternoon, all. Renee Bird-Lewis, Executive Director for the Gwinnett Coalition. And unlike Randy, I'm actually only six months in my role, <laughs> so I still can pull the newbie card for a little bit. That's right. Um, having actually come from the corporate sector myself as well, a decade at Scientific Atlanta and Cisco Systems, six years in higher education at Georgia Gwinnett College, and a couple years consulting in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And it took took me not too long to realize I wanted to come back to Gwinnett and do my work here. So glad to be back in my home turf. Yeah, but Renee, always involved in the community through all those things mm-hmm. you just talked about herself, uh, you know, being involved and engaged in community work here in Gwinnett, always been part of her heart. So Love we're Gwinnett. glad to have her in this new role. Six months in, she is no rookie. Don't don't let her get by with that. <laughs> yes, that's a great, great point. All right, Paige, over to you. Well, um, I'm Paige Havens, and I'm a marketing and community relations consultant here in Gwinnett County, and I work across so many different spectrums and across many different sectors. Uh, but one of my biggest passions is to really uh, work with the nonprofits in our community and help connect them to be most impactful. So um, over the course of the last year, I have been uh, helping to lead the communication efforts for Gwinnett Cares, which was an initiative to care for our community through COVID-19. And so now I'm working very closely with Renee and Randy to begin to fold that effort up under the Gwinnett Coalition and to really begin to uh, see how we can amplify all of that work as we move forward from relief to recovery. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. But she is also, Paige, is also not a rookie to community oh. leadership and mm-hmm. community work. It goes back and way I mean you know when you see her uh, sign on for her email and it says Spitfire there's a reason it says Spitfire you know (laughs) so has helped in so many ways including our concussion center uh, at uh, Gwinnett Medical. so Her fingerprints are all over this Every, community. Oh, all successful have. initiatives. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. We've got the unsuccessful ones, Renee. She did all <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, 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 Five yeah. stars. Five stars. <laughs> Y'all are sweet. <laughs> all right. Well, we've introduced everybody. So let's tell our listeners a little bit more um, about the organizations that you guys are in charge of, since not everyone may know 
who, what, why of the coalition and the community foundation. So Renee, um, tell us about the coalition and what you want people to know about it. Happy to lead off. So the Gwinnett Coalition is a 30-year nonprofit, so it's not a stranger to the Gwinnett community. First established uh, by a needs assessment that Gwinnett County and other uh, institutions in the community led in 1991. So this is, um, it's actually sort of the the coalition coming full circle, right? It was the planning and convening organization for many years, doing great work like creating um, the Veterans Resource Center, Miles Mason's Community Clinic, Great Days of Service, um, five cooperative ministries, and most recently, Great Little Minds. So it has programs that it has initiated and then spun off in the community for lasting legacy. But as we think about how Gwinnett County has changed over the years, we've become a mini United Nations. I mean, we are uh, the you know, just a representation of, of all corners of the world. And with that and those changed faces, the needs have changed as well. So the coalition is evolving. We're in the middle of a transition to evolving into a more uh, strategic and impactful organization, which is requiring a little bit of work on the inside in terms of uh, restructuring and ensuring that we have the staff competencies and, and, and uh, skill sets to take that forward. But we'll be looking at um, identifying issues uh, that we know exist. I mean, this is not a surprise for any of us in the community. There have been all sorts of underlying issues that have been exacerbated or really brought to the forefront through this last year and COVID. So, um, but we will do a comprehensive community-wide needs assessment in the coming year. And based on our learnings from COVID-19 and that assessment, we will come out the other side with some strategic priorities that we hope we can uh, really focus on and, um, and use a collective impact model. So maybe more on that later. Great. Uh, and Randy, give us the 411 on the Community Foundation. Well, Heather, you handle all of our marketing. I know, so I, you I know, can do I, it. I'm it right back to you, you know, from, from there. I will let you yeah, fill in for Thank me. you. Yeah, you fill in the blanks for, 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 for what I missed. But the Community Foundation, you know, 900 community foundations across the country. But ours founded in 1985, so, you know, 35 years into the to the work. The same year, Renee, that Leadership Gwinnett was founded in Gwinnett mm -hmm. County. So leaders decades ago that said, hey, we're going to need a pipeline of leaders and we're going to need a pipeline of, of philanthropic funds to go do what we don't even know what's going to happen three decades from now, right? Um, and they position and what Renee was just talking about, you know, our generation, our leaders right now thinking about, gosh, what are we going to need a decade out? But the Community Foundation, really, our tagline sets, sets, it, and sets it up really well, which is, you know, we connect people who care with causes that matter. And when we're on our game, you know, causes that matter to people that care. And how do we do that? You know, we have today some 300 fund holders. Majority of those are families that, that do their giving through us, right, that, that run, you know, successful lives, busy lives, but they want to do good in the community. So we help be that bridge, that connector, uh, sometimes that coach uh, to connect them to what's happening. So we want to see the work that Renee and her team are doing around homelessness or food insecurity. And then how do we drive that down to help one family say, I can make an impact to that. You know, earlier or last summer, you know, a call from our uh, largest school around special needs saying, hey, we know we're in the middle of a pandemic, but we have a chance to put in a new playground for our special needs students, right? Mm -hmm. It took us two days and six families that said, yep, we'll, we'll do it to fund something like that. So that's what we get to do, the exciting work we get to mm -hmm. do every day. Yep, the heart, the heart of it all yep. is, is helping those people. Well, and for those, thank you for those introductions to the who, what, why. Um, and let's talk a little bit about for those who have been listening to the Giving Back to Gwinnett podcast or those who are brand new, because we have a little bit of a different 
angle we're taking with this. Um, so Paige, just share with us about the past year, um, some of the important focus, focus areas that have come out of COVID and kind of our, our vision for what's going forward. Well, certainly with our efforts uh, with Gwinnett Cares, we have found um, that the, the pandemic has really shown a light and spotlighted those gaps that we have in the community. We've just, not only has it actually accelerated some of the work that we were doing because it was just absolutely necessary for us to get in and respond, but it has also helped us realize maybe there were some gaps out there that were a little bigger than we thought. So um, as we begin to go through this um, needs assessment um, phase with the coalition um, and looking at where the donors want to give with greater impact, you know, this is an opportunity for us to align all of this. So when we take that strategic planning component and we take the, um, the philanthropic force that we can put behind it when, and begin to identify, um, thanks to um, the work that we've done, we've, we've had some very uh, impactful um, response teams through Gwinnett Cares, um, through the pandemic that have focused on homelessness and housing, food insecurity, multicultural needs, education, healthcare gaps. So we have our eyes wide open, uh, more than I think we ever have before in this community. And this pandemic actually will make us stronger because I think every sector now realizes how important it is that the health and wellness of our community is there and that every member of our community thrives because when that doesn't happen it brings us all down mm -hmm. and so um, I think that we've got a collaborative nature building um, that we have not seen in, in many many years that um, all sectors are now aligning and saying how can we get behind this collective impact and really get um, make uh, move the dial more mm. on these things yeah we can feed hungry people all day long but what can we do to actually require them not to be hungry anymore yeah how do we get down to those root causes right absolutely and really get it and stop the not stop the band-aid work you, you always have to do that but really dig down deep and i think it's really important to uh, realize too the one thing the pandemic really made us check ourselves on very carefully was the equitability of it all and and making sure that we are looking at the data and knowing where our resources are and where they're not and where we need to disperse them greater um, and the specific needs of very unique populations within our community so from the black brown community to the uh, latino community to um, all of the um, different asian communities that we serve their needs and the way they approach um, life oftentimes are, are from a different filter and we're learning more and more because we've all been working side by side uh, through this pandemic to care for each other so I'm super excited about what's ahead and when we align the forces of all of this we are really going to be a community that thrives like never before right. and yeah. we thought we needed to communicate in a different way right mm -hmm. out to the public right uh, and that was the reason at least for the community foundation and I'm pretty sure for Renee the same thing is okay what's what's a different new channel that we can get other people engaged in this work because you know the four of us aren't going to solve this thing but boy if we can get the energy of a million people 
both here and I think the other thing we we've learned Paige and Renee over the last year is we're going to need help outside the community right mm -hmm. where where do we go to to other folks other organizations who's the best practice across the entire country or we don't care if it's in the globe right that are doing some really great work around housing and affordable housing or whatever and bring that here so we thought the podcast was okay let's do this My, you know mike from radio x has been after you know us for like five years to do this but we thought it was really good timing mike to go ahead and try it now so <laughs> Yes, that's right. And so to, to share the stories of impact and all. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Ooh, Ooh I like that, Mike. Like. Yeah. I like. Oh, that, that was yeah. great. Go ahead, Renee. I just would add, I mean, I do think timing is everything, right? And so uh, as I've been doing my listening sessions with community leaders, and this is not nonprofits only, right? It's government leaders, it's the private sector, it's healthcare leaders, it's education leaders, it's the whole gamut. It is all about alignment. It is all about bringing this community together and sort of having everyone in the same boat, headed the same direction, and our oars rowing in the same in the same manner, right? So that we can actually get to the bottom of some of these root causes and and make some changes that are lasting and sustainable, not just the surface fixes. And and I can tell you that as I met with some of those private sector leaders, the question was, who else are you working with? And are you duplicating services? And how can you work better with others? It was that whole thing. So they're asking, the private sector is asking mm -hmm. for this alignment. I think they're ready to support that, both here and if we're lucky, Randy, yep. and we get our big thinking caps on, well, maybe we can pull in some of those other dollars too. Right. Well, yep. and I think that's important for us to acknowledge then that for the purpose of this podcast, what we really want to do is kind of shift. Instead of just inviting um, various nonprofits to come in and just talk about their mission, which is very important. What we really want to do is let's tackle a topic. Let's mm -hmm. talk about what are we going to do about affordable housing and what efforts are we doing in the community so that we're all educating ourselves more about those root causes and those issues. And then we can identify who are those players within that space. So if that's a cause that really speaks to your heart, then you can step in and really em empower them. And mm -hmm. that's where you need to connect. So we want to allow people to give back with greater impact through the um, information we share on this podcast. Yeah, we want to invite this our listening audience, you know, into the solution, mm -hmm. you know, of what we're doing. So, you know, give them opportunities and ways to connect with this, you know, group or uh, other groups. Uh, so more the merrier, right? Exactly. You know, the, you know, the great uh, quote, right? If you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. Mm -hmm. We're trying to take a million people together, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. That's our, our hope is that people don't just listen, but they listen and they go, oh, I need to go do something. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, and we need to give them connections to get to that engagement piece and come along with us. Right, right. Well, along those lines, Randy and Renee, um, just tell us a little bit about what you've seen, experienced this past year through COVID. Um, and because, you know, we're talking about these different focus areas, but why they're important to each one of you. So I'll toss it over to you, Randy. Well, I've seen it, you know, I've seen obviously a lot, in the, you know, in the last year from the first meeting when there was a group of us on a Friday the 13th uh, sitting at 12 stone in the conference room and eight of us going, we think this thing is going to be a little bit bigger than we thought. And at that point, we thought it was going to be big for about 60 days. So we, that tells you how good we are at the leadership. You know, but for me, when people ask me that question now a year later, uh, I always come back and, and say what I've seen and learned the most is about leadership right and especially about the younger generation that you know the leaders that have been in our community for a couple of decades you know they're going to stand up you know they're going to do what they need to do and all of that 
but you look back for the younger ones and what is the set behind us or working with us today going to do? And those folks that step up and step into the problem and those that step step away. So we've seen this group of new, young, leader, dynamic. We are not scared. We will figure this out. We will try that, fail at that figure something else out and, you know, spin, grind, you know, pivot the whole thing. And that, for me, has been the most exciting thing out of the work that, that I've seen in the last, last year with our community. Mm-hmm. Um, Renee? Yeah, so I had one foot in Chattanooga and one foot in, uh, in Gwinnett County. So I, I watched, I had a unique seat, I think. I sat really on the sidelines for quite a while watching the work of Randy and Paige and many, many others. Denise Townsend was right in there. I mean, you could, you could, you could list them. Go right? down the list. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they all were wholeheartedly 150% in. Um, and they, leave, they lived and breathed that for, for over a year. And so I'm coming in and, and really able to benefit from their, um, their learnings and their perspective and, and then also try to, to make that um, transition to what is that sustainable, more um, lasting model going forward because it's been a year of intensive giving and hours and feet in the ground, um, just heavy lifting, a lot of heavy lifting. So it's how do you take those learnings and then sort of ratchet them up in a way that they can they can still have the great impact but in a more sustainable fashion. So um, I'm, I'm glad to be at the table, honored to actually just be working with all of them, you know, through yeah, this process. Yeah, that, that shift from the relief work to the recovery work you know very difficult very challenging in many ways relief work is kind of easier right we know we need food we know we need this let's go get it and we get it get it there the recovery work and you know that i've you know and i've been sounding this to not only my own board but you know leaders in the community when every issue were that we were working on before the pandemic you know the, you know the housing and food insecurity all of that those issues are going to be bigger and worse as the pandemic pulls away. You know, just in healthcare, our healthcare leaders, you know, and they had the healthcare roundtable this call this week, summit call this week. Well, they spent half of that call uh, on mental health, right? Mm-hmm. That is the healthcare issue inside the healthcare issue. And as, mm-hmm. as COVID pulls away, gosh, all the stress and strain the entire country has been under is playing its way out, right? So the, the so Renee comes at the right time because some of us are a little tired. So, boy, new energy at the table. <laughs> and say, okay, because the recovery work is going to be big, long, deep to get down to those root causes that we all talked about. So, again, why we need a podcast to get more people into the game to come help us do this work. Mm-hmm. And if you just take mental health as one of those issues, right, that has existed for a long time. We just right. didn't want to talk about it. Yep. We didn't want to bring it to the surface. It's embarrassing. There's a stigma, all of that attached to it. Well, now, buddy, we've got mental health issues at every every age group right on down the line and our kids we know that for sure watching school board meetings children stepping up to the podium saying i am i have anxiety i have depression i cannot do my schoolwork you know i mean it's it's real it's real stuff for all of these families across the community so we're so excited to see the announcement from lawrenceville city police department right where they are going to embed a mental health worker from viewpoint health into the calls for you know to respond to, mm-hmm. to calls in the community right because police officers are not experts at mental health mental health experts are not police officers right so we're gonna we're gonna try something right yeah. and and you know okay great uh, leaders told us a couple of years ago when we started to dig into this where Paige remembers this one of the things that our top leader said was you know don't take a lot of time 
it's okay to fail. Fail fast, figure try. it out. Mm-hmm. We'll try something different. It's okay. There are, you know, corporate leadership is a bunch of, you know, really entrepreneurial kind of people. So they're, you know, and that's not typically for the nonprofit side. We are, you know, we want to do it right. We want to do it slow. We want to do kumbaya all together. And we're learning some great lessons from the corporate side. So when they go, no, it's okay. Let's give it a shot. If that doesn't work, let's come up with something different. You know, I think we've learned to leverage the entrepreneurial spirit of our community more than ever before. And, and I think, you know, definitely in our crisis work early on in the pandemic of literally we would brainstorm ideas and then we'd like, have no idea if that's going to work right. but let's give it a try and and then we'd go oh my gosh that worked that was amazing and you know so we we gave each other permission to try new things and to think outside the box and and to bring totally new partners to the table than we had never thought about bringing and aligning with before and so i think that that is just a tremendous gift that we can now leverage uh, and i also think that we didn't realize at the time what a significant gap we had from a communication standpoint in our community. We Amen. have a population of a million people and not one central place of communication. So when we had to say, this is where you can go to get tested. This is where you can go to get a vaccine. This is where you can go to get help. We had no one central line to do that. That's where Gwinnett Cares was birthed mm-hmm. and, and trying to at least just create an online platform. So now we have people who are tapping into those resources and and learned that their how important their voice was and how they had a place to fit in um and and any talent any time that you could give and any treasure that you could do we could put to good work right away Mm -hmm. and i think that uh, i hope that many in our community will come out seeing themselves as philanthropists Mm -hmm. more than ever before i mean just think about the people who gave hundreds and hundreds of hours just sewing masks Mm -hmm. you tell me those people were not philanthropists you know so i hope that you know as part of this communication that we offer here through this program is helping people find that inner giving component within themselves so you know it always feels like mine's just a drop in the bucket but i promise you if we align it intentionally everyone can make a difference connect people who care with causes that matter yeah i like it yeah 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 yeah, i like that but one great story of of exactly what Paige talked about you know one you two Paige and heather you guys created the branding in 24 hours you know i talked about Mm -hmm. march 13th (laughs) about march 16th you guys had that developed and launched and all and all of that kind of stuff but just think about it that first week of it we figured out really quickly for every one of our food banks right no longer could people get out of their car and walk into our food bank. Mm-hmm. Every food bank, and we have 42 locations that push out food, probably many more, but everybody had to flip to mobile, drive through, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And just that, you know, and having those conversations. And one that came back to us out of that uh, community foundation was we said, we need one box, right? One size box, you know, and they were running around trying to find box, all the cool co-op trying to find boxes mm-hmm. and we said stop we will buy the box let's go to one size fits all we will have them drop shipped and delivered to you get out of the box business mm-hmm. we need you to be wor- worried about how do you deliver the right. food right and that was done in the first week to two weeks right mm-hmm. and by you know week number three they had flipped the system things were rocking and you know rocking mm-hmm. and rolling but crazy stuff right you know crazy stuff but it was fun yeah you know yeah well and it goes back and page to your point too and like we say at the community foundation people think philanthropy is just giving money but we have seen that 
just portrayed in so many different ways no. through the pandemic that it's time, talent, and treasure. And like, you know, people volunteering, you know, I was at the co-ops too, and just so many people who came in from kids who were of the age that they could start helping to senior adults, you know, stepping in for, you know, because some of the senior adult population who was serving couldn't be serving anymore because they were high risk, but other ones would step in and fill that gap. Making masks, right? Right. You know, when that first came out, we're right. thinking, really, we got to do this for Americans, you know, and then boom, by week number three, I mean, man, they had the whole community mm-hmm. organized around making masks and getting, getting yes. them out there, right? Yeah. It was just Even people. my husband learned to sew masks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and then the, the appreciation efforts for healthcare workers, right, and sort of delivering gift cards and mm-hmm. baskets and just things mm-hmm. to just keep the the life in those individuals the, who are giving their heart and soul right. every day. The parking and, and lot celebrations, right? Yeah, you yeah. Know, everybody honking their horns for the healthcare workers. Yeah, so. even understanding the power of your voice of encouragement mm-hmm. to people who just really feel that they have just lost hope, and and I think that we have found a new voice in that as yeah. well. And I hope we've break, broken down some barriers, you know, going back to the our our food co-ops and, you know, you see a car pull through a brand new car and you immediately start to judge it. Mm. But then you hear their story and you realize that they just lost their job because of the pandemic and mm. maybe their husband had just left or they were in an abusive situation. And so you cannot ever just judge someone based on what you think. You have right. to get to know them. And I, I think and hope that has broken down some of those barriers, too, that you know, we're all more alike than we think we are sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, not to mention the, the cultural differences that we have in this community. And I mean, we have a hun- over 125 languages spoken in our mm-hmm. our school system. So that all connects back to families and, and learning those family dynamics and the, the cultural differences and understandings and, and helping break down. I know maybe in, in your home culture, this is something that you need to be shameful to ask for help. But you don't need to and Mm -hmm. and that we open our hearts and we open our minds to um, help everyone learn to accept help and to give help in the way that they needed it most Mm -hmm. yeah and I love hearing the stories um, because those you know at the community foundation we love the stories because that shows the impact any nonprofit Mm -hmm. knows that that if you can drill down to that that one person or um, something like that to show the the impact um you know, talking about COVID coming out of it, um, Randy, Renee, Paige, any any stories or anything that comes to y'all's mind that just kind of helps show that impact? I know, Randy, you talked, um, we talked about the masks and we talked about different things, but what do y'all think of? Oh, I think of a lot of different stories, but, you know, it's always that, you know, those hidden ones, right? You, you see the, the big stuff out in front. Um, you know, you talk about health care. You know, we are really blessed to have a group called the Medical Reserve Corps mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. right? Which is a, nothing but a volunteer arm. And, you know, Sherwin Levinson that, that runs that organization. What a you hero. Know, this, what a hero, what a right? Hero. A very unsung hero mm-hmm. in our community, right? That behind the scenes of Dr. Arona, yet another hero in our That's community right. and what she's done. Definitely got to get her on the show sometime. Yeah. But, um, you know, and him growing from the, I think the numbers I heard from him the other week was like from 500 volunteers to 3,000 volunteers mm-hmm. and the number of hours, you know, that they volunteered and are still volunteering for all the vaccine and all, you know, all of that, you know, and us to provide a small, you know, we did one donation. We're hopefully about to do another one because he goes, Randy, I, I need more T-shirts. And I go, Sherwin, okay. you need more what? He says, I need more T-shirts and more mm-hmm. lanyards because when people pull into those parking lots for their shot or for their testing, they need to know that it's it's us and it's safe and it's all that. Mm-hmm. And he said, we're, 
we're a small nonprofit. We have no budget, especially for all these, you know. And so we were able to fund T-shirts and lanyards and their, you know, welcome kit into that. And, mm-hmm. you know, so just just incredible stories like that. Mm. And these are professionals, too. Like, right. I mean, these Correct. are diehard. Like when I sat down to get my shot at the mass vaccination clinic at Sears, I happened to ask the person giving the shot. And I said, oh, by the way, it was a Saturday. Uh, w- thank you for volunteering number one because he had one of the t-shirts and the right. lanyards on and i said and what do you do for a day job i was just curious he said oh actually i work at shepherd spinal clinic i'm a nurse i'm an rn i'm oh, like okay awesome. well you're gonna probably give me a really good shot so go right <laughs> ahead but i mean these are the types of levels of professionals right. that are volunteering and then yeah. it's also just a regular everyday citizen right who can be there to check people in and right. help guide and translate and be sure you've waited your 15 minutes and right. so it's that whole collective sort of pitching in to make all of that work seamlessly right yeah Mm -hmm. because philanthropy you know as i tell my board and i tell our fund holders right if we're going to write a check and solve you know poverty rockefeller would have done it 100 Mm -hmm. years ago right you know money is not going to solve writing a check is not going to it's a one tool in in all the tools that we have but it really comes down to people Mm -hmm. right people that that care that use their um their skills and their god-given talents and all of that and and bring their connectivity and say i'm going to go do something about it right Mm -hmm. let let me roll up roll up my sleeve whatever it is and jump in and and do that make the difference yes everybody can make an impact in their in their own way yeah Mm -hmm. no you tell them the story about the the girl that did the rocks right and painted rocks to raise money yes we had a fund holder's daughter i think it was um who had had already started painting rocks like that was just her hobby that she loved i think was she a teenager she was either middle school or high school right i think so and so she decided to start painting rocks to sell and donate the proceeds to the community foundation because she wanted a way to help into our covid relief fund yes right yep yeah wow which was so jump jump in right i want a rock (laughs) i know i'll have to send you her instagram please she did right but i thought what a creative way and then then i saw kids who set up um Food drops in their neighborhoods, you know, right. trying to get the neighborhood to rally around, and uh, they did that. There was right. um, another fund holder's two daughters that, um, I think for the Norcross co-op, that they were doing food drives and loading up their trunk and yeah. getting Camp involved. Brooke Waters from Leadership Gwinnett did that, That's right? That's right. Drop but it in my driveway. Drop it in the driveway, mm-hmm. you know, took, you know chalk and you know art chalk and put it you know nice Leave little and <laughs> yeah. boom you know yeah. simple easy peasy right yeah. Yeah. you know so so many different things there was when we were actually filming um for the good to uh, care gala and talking about impact 46 and the work that they've done in homelessness and um i'll, I'll never forget being at one of the extended stay motels off of 316 and hearing the caseworker tell me a story about a gentleman who was living there and didn't have a car didn't have a bicycle and so he walked six six miles to work every day took him an hour each way back and forth um but he wanted to work wanted to get out of the situation he was in and somebody else heard about that story and donated a car to him so that he could have a way to get to work wow and i thought that's just again that's the like even if you think well i can't like i don't know i'm i'm homebound or i'm sick but you can share stories you can help get the word out there and somebody else goes oh i've got this resource let's right. work together you um, know i think about um when i got a call there was a, a lady in the community um who said i'm a healthcare worker and i have been displaced um 
Shelly Ann McKenzie, and she started a nonprofit because yep. it was tearing her heart apart. She worked for um, a doctor's office that was doing elective surgeries and that type of thing. So they weren't. Mm. So she got laid off, and and so she, um, it was killing her. She said, "My my people." Or on mm-hmm. the front line, and I can't be with them, and I can't mm-hmm. do it. So she started a nonprofit called Help for Healthcare Professionals, mm-hmm. and her sole mission was to care for those people on the front lines. And just watching her rally, just caseloads and caseloads of water and snacks and things that she wow. did. So you know, just there was some some powerful stories where you saw people move to do things they probably would have never done. Well, yeah. just last week, right? There was a corporate contribution from. That's right. Uh, talk about that one, Paige. That was amazing. Well, we, I, Renee and I have had a couple of instances, and Randy, I'm sure you probably have too, where you get this email and you're like, you know, is this like my great grandmother has died over in in yeah. another country? And, you know, is this legit? Hit delete. But, yeah. You know, I literally got a call. Hey, we have um, over a million items of PPE that we have in our warehouse that we are not going to need our clients don't need them anymore and we would like to give them and and as we began to unfold um it was a local company in duluth and and um uh, restore robotics and they said um you know you don't understand how much we have and i go oh i i get it i can do the math in my head and he says i just don't know that you really can give away this much i said I will be back in touch with you within 36 hours. There's something about that 36-hour thing that has happened a lot. But 36 hours later, I called him back and I go, I have every piece of your PPE accounted for in the nonprofit community. Wow. I said, when can we arrange to get it moved to a warehouse to get it out? And and within a matter of just a week and a half, we got it moved out, and that was done. But it helped them. It cleared the space they needed in their warehouse. They felt great. That donation was well over – it was $700,000 wow. worth of PPE. Wow. It's and and that what that did was sustain will sustain our nonprofits mm-hmm. for what they can they don't have to spend that money now to go mm-hmm. buy masks and gloves and things cost savings it's yep. cost savings to their bottom line mm-hmm. and it just helps them be able to serve more people in the end so um, everybody wins mm-hmm. and and there's just story after story like that yeah yeah, yeah. but I also want to just pull in. Our, our big systems and what i mean by that like our county government mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stepped right in our public school system Gwinnett county school mm-hmm. system right in i mean in all the meetings all all the calls library you know in public health certainly with dr sure. rona in right you know when we said we had a you know a table you know, there's a table of folks from you know very wide from you know the covid funding coming down and into the community and that work to Gosh, how do we get technology into these kids' hands and, and all of that? So our big systems, you know, really worked well with our small mm-hmm. nonprofits. Mm-hmm. So tops down, bottoms up, let's get this work done. And they're still at the table, and they're still asking for help. You know, Renee, I know you're having some really great ongoing conversations with our school system, right? Mm-hmm. 180,000 kids, 150 schools, and, and what do they see going forward that we can help with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and putting together, you know, a community support model that is really nonprofits that already do work in this space, right, and leveraging that um, and taking it into the schools. So we're hopeful that we can um, create that deeper partnership and provide those additional services to help Gwinnett County Public Schools and and especially kids and their families. I mean, these kids don't live on their (laughs) own, right? That's right. They're connected to families who are also feeling all sorts of pain. So Mm -hmm. however we can... uh, make those resources more available in, in a way that's meaningful uh, is, is a win-win again. So as we wrap up today's episode, um, 
you know, we always kind of want to end with a call to action. How can people get involved? So, uh, Renee, Randy, Paige, how would you guys love to see the community get involved going forward? Well, I'm going to let Paige go first because I, I really think when when she talked earlier about, you know, gosh, the first thing you guys did, you know, Heather and Paige was, okay, we need a one-stop shop. You know, if, if you need help, go here. If you want to give help, go there. And I still think that's, that is the place to start. We can certainly give, you know, our website and all of that, but I'd love for them, Paige, to go first and then we can add on to that. Well, the GwinnettCares.org uh, website mm-hmm. certainly outlines how to get help and how to give help and connects back to um, many of the organizations that we've been working with. And um, so I think it is really important that everybody in our community be aware of that resource. And when you hear of people in need, direct them there first. And, um, but we also have developed a um, volunteer bank that has allowed us now to have a group of people that have said, I love to get out and volunteer, and I want to help and make a difference where I can. So we now will email them and blast out volunteer opportunities, and they are signing up all over the right. place. They've been unloading a lot of trucks every they Friday, have. I know, for me, you know, on, yes. on the food side. Our, our, yeah. our Farmers to Families program with Rotary has been really reliant on that right. group. But, but so if people are looking for a way to connect, don't know where to start, don't know what to do, reach out to Gwinnett Cares. Uh, look at that. We Also follow us on Facebook because we are often publishing uh, those types of, of resources as well. Um, and, and we need you to be a voice for us. We need you to be the eyes and ears out in the community who are saying, I see someone in need, and I bet I know somebody I can connect them to to help. Um, let's just don't walk past it. Let, mm-hmm. Let's do something about it. You can be a person of action. Yes, I love that. Renee? The Gwinnett Cares site now is so happy to have it under the coalition's umbrella mm-hmm. site. And so it will. it's that whole culture of caring that has been built over the past uh, well, 15 or 16 months now that will hopefully endure and live mm-hmm. and grow. And then while that's happening, the coalition, of course, is making that transition. And, and I just want for listeners to know that we will be coming to you out in the community, mm-hmm. right? And we are going to be asking you to participate in this needs assessment, right? And lend your voice uh, at every level of course we're going to have leader interviews and focus groups and all that but we are intentionally going to be going out into the communities that we don't know much about and and more distinct communities right and the people that we all need to serve and bring under under the umbrella so um, i'm excited to begin that work and uh, we will have a partner that is helping to guide the work a firm that actually knows how to do this really well and we're going to we're going to help to champion that effort together along with many organizations in the community so it will it will definitely be a groundswell i think that's going to happen within the next 12 months or so so be on the lookout and engage stay tuned for exciting things right right (laughs) randy yeah at the community foundation i'll go back to the tagline you're right connect people who care to causes that matter right so you can just start at our website www.cfneg.org right and you'll see you know all my contact all the staff email and all that and then you know we'll connect you appropriately uh, and try to answer your question. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we want people to do what makes our heart happy, right? Mm-hmm. We all can't do everything. You have to pick your lane, figure out what, you know, what you bring, and then, gosh, this really makes my heart happy. Let me go help here and let it, you know, again, let's help get you put in play in the community and the recovery work that's underway right now. Awesome. Well, Randy, Paige, Renee, thank you so much for joining us today as we kick off this slightly different version of the Giving Back to Gwinnett podcast. And thank you so much to everyone who's joined us listening um, out there in the podcast world. If you would like to learn more about the Gwinnett Coalition or the Community Foundation for Northeast Georgia, uh, 
please visit them at GwinnettCoalition.org or, as Randy said, CFNEG.org. I'm your host, Heather Loveridge. Thanks again for joining us. And now, go make a difference in your community.